Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Samantha, and this is the Deep End Podcast. Today, I have Sid, the entertainer, as my guest. Yo. Sid is a world... Hello, Sid. So, yeah, Sid's a world-class vibe creator and one of Australia's leading multidisciplinary entertainment specialists. So Sid is an MC, DJ, dancer, choreographer, and actor. He's appeared on stage and screen globally. Sid also runs a podcast called Talking BS, which is some some of the things we bond over around um, these these topics of conversation. And Talking BS is all about belief systems. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you on today, Sid. And I'm so excited to to jump into this conversation with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So you're a go-getter. Can you share with my audience exactly what you're doing right now? I wear so many different hats at the same time. I, um, as you mentioned, I'm a, a entertainment specialist. So uh, DJ, MC, keynote speaker, movement director. That's all under my personal brand, Sid the Entertainer. At the same time, I own a dance studio called I Can Dance up here in the Gold Coast on Mermaid Beach. Uh, at the same time, I'm working on coaching. So I do mindset coaching and speaking coaching, as well as running that podcast with my amazing co-host, Brooke Thompson, Talking BS, where we dive into all things belief systems. Other than that, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So I've got a couple of side hustles on top of all of those side hustles. <laughs> I've got a videography business and a side hustle with uh, yourself, an amazing uh, event event mission that we're going to get around uh, around Australia, Saucy Sips for Singles. So just a bunch of different hats. <laughs> so many different hats. And that's why I'm so attracted to working with you because I love your visions. I love your creative flow. I love the way that you show up in the world and show up for yourself. And one of the things that you've said to me is that you're just being Sid and I love that. So first question, what made yeah. you get into dance? Dance is something that I think I was doing since before I could walk. I think I was, I was bouncing as a baby and I haven't stopped. Um, so it was something that was such a core part of who I was in my natural expression. I never... At that stage, or even growing up as a kid, never envisioned it would be a such a big part of who I am in, in manifesting in what I do. Um, mm. But then I think that passion was kind of underlying everything. So as I journeyed through life, I would always circle back to it. And it was like my happy space. So to have turned that into my daily uh, has, has been just so rewarding. You're an incredible dancer too. I wish I could move oh, my thanks. body the way you do. Oh, and... who's the same about you? You're insane yourself, girl. I've been watching you do your thing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you then went into public speaking and what made you get into that? Because you're, you're just like made for the stage, it seems like. It, it does. Hey, but I wasn't. So I was like so shy as a kid. I was a kid that was riddled with anxiety, paralyzed by stage fright. Um, mm. So much so that growing up, I would do all like the school plays and school musicals. And it was a running joke in my family that I, you knew the musical was coming up because I would get sicker and sicker and sicker until it was a week of the musical. And then I would be running a fever and absolutely demolished. Mum would actually stand in the wings with a vomit bucket, water. Oh, wow. and, and so I would be out on stage with this persona and this facade of confidence, say what I had to say, get off stage, bleh, 
and then clean up and jump back on stage. So wow, it was never really my thing. Um, I think it was just it was massive kudos to my parents for for giving me the resilience or even just kind of guiding me to keep facing that. So dad put me in debating, mm. dad got me into public speaking. Both mum and dad are quite theatrical, so I had their guidance and footsteps to follow in. And then just doing it again and again, I realized that that was actually my happy place. And I just had to get over my own, get over myself really. That's amazing. Yeah. I love this. Um, I had a tarot card reading years ago and she said to me like, one of the best life lessons I could ever possibly have wished for is that what's in the way is the way. Oh, I love that. <sighs> yeah. And usually we are the only things that are in the way. Therefore, that is what is the way. Um, uh, yeah, go on. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Like I didn't realize how much that was my happy place mm-hmm. until I really sat into it. And then I realized that the only thing that was stopping me from fully enjoying that happy place was, you know, the fears and resistance in my own head. Yeah, totally. And so obviously you had to change a lot of belief systems. So talk to me about Talking BS. Oh. Talking BS has been such a beautiful project. It's, it's BS is obviously belief systems and all the kind mm-hmm. of BS that we have in our heads. It's all the one and the same. And Talking BS is a project that allows us to kind of really address all of that stuff, shine a light into the deepest, darkest recesses of our minds and bring to the fore the thoughts that we the thoughts that we have i mean the underlying belief is the fact is that our thoughts create our realities so the Mm. quality of thoughts we think impact the way we see the world it impacts the lens through which we see the world it impacts our behaviors which change our actions Mm. which change our results and so in that cycle if you want better results you just need to think better thoughts uh so Talking BS was really a tool that Brooke and I came up with to, to start having conversations around these things that, that are holding people back. We all have, everyone has their own BS. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, yeah. how do you become aware of it, shine a light on it, and then consciously think better thoughts? Totally agree with you on that one. And it's such, it's such a mission to change our belief systems because sometimes they're just so deeply ingrained, you know, we've been so programmed and conditioned into, I remember, this has just popped up in my mind. I remember when I went first went traveling and there was a guy that worked. So I, I worked in a HR company and we shared an office with this accounting company and I it seemed ridiculous right to everybody around me they're like why are you leaving this amazing job you're going away like for eight months to travel like the hippie gypsy heart of me just came out (laughs) and he turned around to me and he was like you know he said I'm like why don't you go traveling like why don't you go live your life he's like because I have a legacy to leave like I've got something to build for for my family you know my dad's built this business and he's doing or he's I don't know it was something around just like being in the rat race and which is totally Mm. fine they're each of their own but like um yeah it was just such a profound moment for me and I'll never forget this conversation I'll never forget the limiting beliefs that this guy had around his life and what it could look like yep and you know how 
how many people have looked at me when I've shared my dreams and shared my visions and they've just looked at me with like, you are not going to make that happen. Like what? It's impossible. And now here I am living my best life. Look at you go. (laughs) And here are you you living your best life. So I'm curious, what belief systems have you struggled to shift and what transformation have you experienced since shifting them? I think the biggest one that was game changing for me at a very youngish age, like coming out of school or even going into university was I grew up with this narrative of go to school, get good grades. That'll give you Mm -hmm. an opportunity to get into a good course at a good university, which guarantees you a good job. And this was, it wasn't even anything that had really been said to me. It was just what I observed in the world around me growing up. I guess it was an ethnic thing as well. Like growing up in an Indian family, all our family and friends and peers were doing the same thing. You know, I had, I had an option of four career paths. I could be a doctor, lawyer, accountant, or engineer. That was, Mm. that's what, that's what brown kids do. Uh, nowhere did my career counselor tell me I could be a DJ or, you know, be a professional hip hop dancer. Um, mm. So that just, <laughs> did, it just didn't exist. So I think shifting that belief system into really connecting with my passion, not just my passion, but also almost my purpose, like connecting with the thing that not only made me happy, but made me feel like I was a f- service to the universe like mm. I just know like when I get behind the decks or if I'm on a mic or if I'm dancing the joy I feel is I, I now see it's so infectious so mm. I get to create a vibe and I feel like that's my that's what I was put on this earth in this life to do I wasn't put here to draft contracts and so yeah. <laughs> Because you became a lawyer, didn't you? You're you're yeah. qualified, yeah. Yep, yep. I was did the whole thing, became a solicitor, admitted in the Supreme Court of Victoria, and came out and was practicing. And just it was it was just not not that it wasn't for me. There's a part of me that loves that, but it wasn't my wasn't my highest calling. I wasn't operating in my full sidness. Mm, yeah. Totally hearing you on that one. And it's interesting, you know, the pattern and the programming, the conditioning. So we're taught to go to school, get the best grades, climb that ladder. Mm. And then that is to get the best grades, to go to the best university, to then climb that ladder and then get our masters and keep going, keep going and get the job that we want. And then to climb that ladder only to get to the top and just question what's it for, unless you really do enjoy that. Unless that's your drive, because the thing that I realized was that whole story was someone else's story. Yeah. That whole narrative, those ladders weren't my ladders to climb. Mm. And so I had a beautiful sliding doors kind of full crossroads moment where I, after climbing that ladder, so my life, I love three things in life. I loved entertainment, law, and I love travel. Like gypsy life speaks to me as well. I just loved seeing the world. And I kind of knew that, (laughs) Yeah, that's your vibe, hey? Yeah. (laughs) I knew that if I could bring two together and make that a profession, build a life around that, I'd I'd just make the third a hobby. And so I got a a foot in the door for a legal job that had opened within a publishing company of a travel, a really well-known travel book, like Travel Guide. So I started seeing law and travel come together, went through an intense interview process and then after kind of getting my foot in the door and reaching the point where it was almost me saying thumbs up yes to the job that same week I was reviewing their contract 
I got a contract from Nickelodeon for an audition I'd done eight months prior, completely forgotten about, hadn't heard from them, to go work on a cruise ship sailing from New York to the Bahamas. And so it was a, a moment where I had to kind of sit with both. And, and one of those contracts was the story, was the narrative, was the ladder that I've been told to climb in the best version of myself and had travel mm-hmm. and stuff around that. But the other contract was a chance for me to just be Sid, just be the Sid that I'd been training to be my whole life. Mm. And so even though there was, a com- there was a conflict for about a week, there was like my head, my family, my friends being like, dude, you went to law school for eight years. Like you've dedicated a, almost a decade of your life to law. This is the foot in the door for the rest of your life. Mm. But my gut knew that I had been working on being Sid for so much longer. Mm. So I yeah, jumped on wow. that ship. That is incredible. I, I've, you've shared the story with me before and I love hearing it. It's so inspiring because it is a sliding doors moment and look at where you're at now. Like your life would be so different if you chose a narrative that wasn't yours and you'd probably be full of resentment, full of like just regret. And because we regret the things that we don't do, not the regret. We don't regret the things we do do. No. And I think there's a lot of people out there who sometimes, you know, they listen to the story or they listen to stories like this and they Mm. feel like it's too late you know, they, mm. they've been in the corporate world or they've been in the man, corporate world, whatever world that they feel like they don't belong in. They feel like they've been on that path for so long that they can't switch. Mm-hmm. But I am such a big advocate of you being exactly where you need to be when you need to be it. So mm. if, na- if you're feeling that urge to switch, if anyone out there is like, you know, this is not who I am, now is the time to sit down with that thought. Now is the time to really sit into that feeling and... And, you know, and lean into who you're meant to be. 100% agree with that. And I meet people who are younger than me, younger people like in their early 20s and who've got it figured out. They're like, yep, like this one 20-year-old girl reached out to me. She has an app and she's just like, I'd love for you to feature on this app. And I'm like, how are you even this assertive and certain about that. your life right now? And it's oh, awesome, you know? Love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think the young, younger generations are being taught that. Uh, so mm-hmm. like the narrative that we were being, you know, that we were being taught of the whole, you know, school grades, university thing is starting to yeah. shift. And I'm loving seeing that. That even in schools, there are conversations that are more about people following pathways that are in line mm. with their passions or in line with, you mm. know, their the things that they love doing rather than conforming to a system. So true. One of my youngest clients is 17 and I'm so impressed with her. And I'm just like, I just, I'm, I'm blown away, especially just by younger people because they are more, more enlightened than what we were when we were. And I think, I think it's awesome that we have these tools, this technology, mm-hmm. you know, access to all this information. And there's the pros and cons of social media. There's the pros and cons of the internet and everything that's available to us. Yeah. But when it's- there's people like you and I doing the work <laughs> that we do, like it makes it so much more accessible. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's it, the double-edged sword of that is that sometimes with so much information available, it can be overwhelming. Mm, so yeah. it's about, I guess, finding that balance of how do you stand out in this 
if you've got a brand or, you know, if you've got something to share with the world, how do you stand out in the sea of information? Or if you want to seek, if you're on the other side and you want to seek the knowledge, you know, how do you, how do you sift through the sea information to really find what you, mm. what, what it is you need? I feel like you and I are speaking from very privileged positions. You know, you've got, had supportive parents and I've yep. had a very supportive mom. And I want to acknowledge that as well. Like we've had the resources to support us in, um, you know, chasing our dreams. And we also know people who haven't had the resources yeah. like we have and have still made it happen. So yep. it is all about getting resourceful, isn't it? It is. And I think it comes down to how hungry you are personally, mm. because there are, I, I equally know people who are, who have had privileged backgrounds and who have had all the opportunity in the world, but, you know, haven't necessarily had the hunger to pursue their passion or haven't felt safe pursuing their passion, even though that, you know, you've got the support and resources. So it goes, it, it really comes down to that, personal decision I think that someone can make and when that decision's made like if you if you have nothing and you've hit rock bottom and you're like I'm going to turn this around decision made you just go for it and there's nowhere else to go there is nowhere else to go there is no and I was so I was so um there was a part of me that was almost like does having resources and privilege is that this is going to sound really weird. Is that almost, uh, you know, having a soft place to fall, does that work against you in terms of hunger? Yeah. And that had always played on my mind growing up, being like, where do you find this hunger? If you, mm. if, you know, if you've never really had to be that hungry. But then it, it does come with, I've, I've kind of found it more recently in really, really being driven to, to be of service to just you know existing isn't enough Mm. what does thriving look like and Mm. then not just for me but for for the community around me for for the people within my immediate circle and the circle around that what does the version of me thriving do for the world around me and and that's really that's really what lit a fire up under my butt your sphere of influence huge 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 impact on the way you show up in the world hey you know they say if you hang with dogs you catch fleas (laughs) did you notice did you notice a shift within who you chose to surround yourself with as you started to to take this path yeah definitely I mean I think I was always surrounding myself with high quality human beings I don't, yeah. I'm just trying to think. I don't think there was any time in my life I was hanging with dogs. So, yeah, but cool, 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 cool. <laughs> thank you for affirming me and just making me feel good about our friendship. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. And you're, you're like you yeah. resonate with that. You wear that, you mm. wear that crown. You know, you've got queen energy, and I surround totally myself. Totally claiming by, it right now. Claim it as you should. <laughs> Because I feel like, you know, that's, that's something that you call, you call that into your life when you need it. So you call those people into your life when you're, you're kind of looking for it in the same way, um, you know, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling a certain way and you don't like the way you're feeling, you know, they say, just look, look at the environment around you and that'll give you a pretty good reflection of where you are. You know, mm. you're that whole idea that you, you're the sum of your five closest friends. 
Mm. And so if you're not happy with who you are, take a look at who those five people are. And they're a very direct reflection of who you are. Um, yeah. Change, change it if you want to change it, you know, change that environment to, to level up. But that has to start from within. That has to start from mm. like an internal drive to want different, to be different um, mm -hmm. and to, to really adopt a growth mindset. Like you've got to be, you've got to be willing to change. Not enough people are willing to change. People are able, people are capable, mm. but mm. they just, until you have the willingness to do it, that's when that fire and hunger kicks in and you're like, I'll do whatever it takes. Yes. Whatever it takes. What a lesson. I remember being at a sales conference and a job that I had that was awesome company culture. Mm. And I was in Malaysia and we were raising over $10,000 for this happy, it was called the happy center. And it was a shack, no mm. AC, just wow. fans full of these kids that had um cystic fibrosis i think it was wow. so oh no not cystic fibrosis it was um oh gosh i can't remember it was um it limited their their limbs so their mm -hmm. limbs were like un oh, i can't remember i don't know if it was cere cerebral palsy maybe. yeah yeah um and they were it was hot they had nothing and we just we managed to raise over $15,000 in four days and it wow. was because of this mantra whatever it takes we were working from like 7 a.m to 1 a.m doing these activities and tasks and pushing ourselves and it was you know that's unsustainable to keep doing that but when you need to do it yeah. it is so awesome to have that muscle there and available so I'd love to hear about any moments for you where you've had to face failure and what you did about it. Yeah. Um, so I have now more recently than ever become addicted to failure. I <laughs> love it. I love it in a way that I didn't before. It used to, be, used to make me so uncomfortable. And mm. then I heard something that really resonated. And it's the idea that if you haven't failed, it means you haven't tried. Yeah, And I realized that the, one of the biggest internal beasts, my BS that I was dealing with was this level of perfectionism that because I had this inflated sense of self, I felt that if I put out to the world, anything less than what I thought, you know, that version of Sid was, mm. I, I was, I, I just couldn't do it. And rather than, that being a growth and improvement to myself, it was really, it was really paralyzing. It really like mm -hmm. stopped me from actually getting out and doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, it started manifesting in me feeling or experiencing stress, experiencing anxiety in, in ways that I had never done before. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was something I had to to really fight with and sit with first to identify what it was because awareness for me was the, is the first step if you don't know what it is that's causing it forget about it you will just keep living in it um yeah so having the awareness of that allowed me to take a step back and go okay this has to change and really the only shift that I made was I just stopped taking myself that seriously <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what I, I was like what did you bring yourself what like what awareness did you create for yourself and so yeah you yep. were taking yourself seriously way too seriously into the mm. and that's and I think that's that's where the perfectionism comes from you have this you have this 
thought in your head of what will people think of me? Mm. And really everyone is so busy thinking of themselves Mm. that it doesn't matter what people think of you. You are your loudest critic. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to, so I had a, I guess I had this realization a little while ago, the idea of giving yourself permission as kids, we grow up conditioned to asking for permission. The the belief system we have is something can only be experienced or enjoyed once permission is granted. You know, you ask your parents, can I play with this toy? Can I have that? Can I have dessert? Can I have ice cream? And then you wait for your parents or you wait for that authority figure to give you the yes. So Mm -hmm. we grow up asking for permission. We're really good at asking for permission, but at no point are we ever trained on how to give permission. So we don't, when you hit hit your young adult life and you don't have these authority figures anymore, you keep asking for that permission and you're waiting for a response, but it just never comes unless Mm. or until you realize that the only person that needs to give you that permission, that voice you're waiting for resides within yourself. Mm. Yeah. So that whole fear that was crippling me of, you know, what if, what are people going to think? What, a, what, what is this? Really? The question I was asking was, can I, can I create this? Am I, am I worthy? Like that's really the core belief, the core question that I was mm. asking. And then when I sat with it and realized that the only person who could answer that was myself. Mm. Yeah. I, I went through a time where I would out loud, I would say, yep, Sid, you're allowed to. Wow. That's Perfect. That's awesome. What a transformation, like being able to, to voice it and, and mm. to take reclaim that power. And something that came up for me while you were speaking is this fear. And I, I've, from my own experience with my business and launching and doing all that sort of stuff, I wonder if you'll resonate with this, is that, you know, there's the fear of doing the thing mm. and then there's the fear of getting and having the thing mm-hmm. and it's like this fear of success that's overpowering us I've been talking about this with a few friends and I think what it also comes down to the fear of success is it's a change thing so when you succeed you, mm. you're here at point a to get to point b if point b is success you're going to be a different version of yourself you're going to become a different you. And there's a fear, there's a, there's a fear that resides in us of who will I have to show up as when I get to point B Mm -hmm. successful version of myself, who who does that look like? And there's almost this underlying, you know, this underlying question that we have is like, you know, am I ready to be that person? Sometimes, and we, we justify it in weird ways. You go, oh my goodness, I'm mm. not going to have the time. I'm not going to have the time to take on more clients. Oh, mm. Who am I to stand in front mm. of a room of a thousand people and, and talk to those people and have them listen to me? You know, these, but that's the version you want. That's, that's, the, that's what you're working towards, right? There's a whole grieving process. I went through <laughs> a massive ego death when I was like, holy shit, I'm about to be on national television. Yeah. What is about to go down? How is my life going to change? Am I ready for this? And, you know, I went into like this whole overdrive of like overnight success. I'm going to have all these clients come and want to work with me and all these things. And I'm just not prepared for it. What the fuck am I doing? Like, holy shit. <laughs> and I just 
was in the fetal position and I called my mom I'm like I can't do this freaking out crying I'm like yep. I'm not prepared and it was such a pivotal moment for me because this grief wasn't just this one moment it was going on for months um right. this is obviously the time between and um yeah it was just really 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 full-on and eye-opening obviously it hasn't worked out that way I'm not having the overnight success that I imagined but I am you know scaling at a really beautiful yeah. pace where I can enjoy the ride and it's been such a humbling experience because I feel like people give up on their dreams so easily yeah because of this fast paced world that we live in and this attachment to the overnight success and they have people telling them and I'm sure you've heard this as well if you don't succeed within the first three or four years your business isn't going to succeed they say that if business the small businesses start out there's this like belief system that's absolute bs (laughs) right if your business doesn't succeed within the first few years then it's just not going to but I know business people that have spent over five years on their businesses you know that's super that's a super traumatic bs especially now when people's Mm. personal brands are their business Mm. so because you're really saying to yourself that if my personal brand doesn't succeed in you know three to five years i'm not i am not successful which Mm, isn't true at all in three to five years you might just be scratching the surface of who you're meant to become yeah, exactly. It's such I'm full body chills. You need to go through yeah. it. You need to, and you know, you will you won't you won't reach the results that you're not ready to reach yet. Mm, yeah. So that's that's yeah. that's a part of that journey. You know, you've it's you've gotta you've gotta go through it to become that version of yourself that is ready to receive that abundance. Totally. And that's, that's the expansion, you know, opening up your container and being able to hold more energy, hold more clients for in our, like in what we do and just hold that. And that requires like a level up and an initiation into a version of yourself that doesn't exist just yet. Absolutely. Such a transformative experience. And there's no timeline. So that can happen mm. overnight. You may have an mm. epiphany moment where you just wake up a different version of yourself. You know, you can have like a completely life-changing experience that mm. just allows you to evolve overnight. Or mm. that that evolution can take 15 years. Mm. You know, it took me, when I saw mm. those two contracts, it had taken me my whole life to reach that point where I was confident enough to finally go, yes, this is what, this is what Sid needs to do. This is where Sid needs to be. Yeah. I think that like, I would love to just highlight that it's really important for people to tune into the truth. <laughs> no biggie, mm. just the truth. Just the truth. Um, just, just, just the truth. <laughs> Investigate, fact check. Don't make the yeah. mistakes that I've made. I don't know if you've made these mistakes, but like I bought into that overnight success and I, you know, was sold that by other coaches who were training yeah. people like me on how to be and have this overnight success. And it's, I don't, do you know anybody who has had overnight success? So overnight success is only what the world sees. The people exactly. who have had overnight success have been on their grind the whole time. My favorite, my favorite definition of luck is luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation. Oh. So pe- 
people look at someone, people look at someone and go, oh, they got lucky, but they don't see the preparation that's gone into place for them to be the right person to capitalize on that opportunity to get lucky, air quotations. AKA Nickelodeon moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've got a lot of people who, you know, they sometimes, I talk about the stuff I do, I share the joyous journey I'm on and, and it's all, I often hear people go, oh, but that's such, that always happens to you, Sid. That's such a Sid thing to happen. Mm. And I'm like, well, yeah, initially I used to, it used to frustrate me because I was like, I've been working at this, you know, like I've been. Damn hard, like <laughs> I work 12 hour days, you have no idea how much, like a hustle and grind, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but then I, I've, I've learned to love it and I now really mm. lean into the fact that it is Sid moments. My very being is this Sidness and why, why should you fight that? Why should you fight your mm. flow? The universe wants something for you. Yeah. And I realized that the second I got out of my way, kind of like, you know, those fears that were holding me back from speaking on stage or the anxiety and stress I was feeling around stepping up into a new level or, you know, stepping into a new version of myself. The second I got out of my way, those fears disappeared and the universe was just like, boom, here you go. Yeah. And it's like, it's yeah I'm so hearing you on this it sounds so much easier said than done saying oh yeah you just got to get out of your own way oh yeah look I'll say this it's there's a difference between easy and simple it Mm. is simple it is so simple doesn't mean it's easy Mm. so the the simpleness is that it's one step it literally is get out of your way the difficulty is that it will take the work you can't just talk about it. You have to, mm. you got to be about it. You got to do, you got to right. actually do the work for, for that simple step to take place. Yeah. And so, you know, you're doing a lot, you're doing so much and it is a grind for you. And it's like, you have the capacity and the energy to do it, but does it feel like work when it's no. a passion? No. Mm. So when people ask me what I do for a job, my answer is I be Sid. Yeah. That's literally what I do. Sometimes, sometimes Sid is on a mic in front of a stadium. Sometimes Sid is emceeing a wedding. Sometimes Sid is DJing for a festival. Sometimes Sid is just sitting in front of a computer shooting off emails. Sometimes he's at the dance studio. Sometimes he's recording a podcast. Sometimes he's behind the camera. Sometimes he's, you know, like I, all the things that I do, are out of my out of who I am I just be Sid that's Mm. people pay Sid to do different things but I just show up as Sid that's my that's my only job that's amazing that's so good and it's that's you that's your that's your that's what you're here for that's your magic that's your expression that's your your unique essence you know and there's people in the world who have their own unique essence that may not be just it will be different things for different people. Yeah. I, I encourage people to find, to really question what that essence is, because it's one of these things in conversation. One of the first things we ask someone when we meet them for the first time is, oh, what do you do? And mm-hmm. I hate that question so much because <laughs> it doesn't tell me anything about who you are. Mm. 
and this whole kind of concept of me being Sid really came about as a, as a result of being repeatedly asked that question. Oh, hey, what do you do? And I knew that if I said, oh, I'm a lawyer or I'm a dancer or I'm a DJ or like just whatever I started with would put me in a box in their mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't define ourselves by what we do. That shouldn't be a box that exists. You should, we all are so much more than what we do. Absolutely. There's a difference between doing and being. A hundred percent. I didn't be, I didn't be a lawyer. You know, I didn't, I don't be an MC. I don't be a DJ. I just be Sid. Those things are just things that Sid does. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. And what I really love is that you celebrate um, uniqueness and you celebrate Mm. people being their own sovereign beings and people being um, their unique selves and not mimicking and, you know. A hundred percent. That comes back to, that comes back to um, the way I grew up as a dancer. So I never went to a, never went to a dance school, never went to a dance studio. I was a freestyler through and through. I would just jam and do my own thing. And so I would then go every weekend was like, if there was one thing I was doing every week, it was going to the clubs. Like that was it. And the, the belief system that that embedded in my head was that there was no one in the world that could dance like me better than I could dance like me. And so the fundamental Mm. truth that that then wired and I started to reflect on growing up as an adult was that there's no one in the world who can be me better than I can be like me. Mm. So why try to be anyone else? And that's what I love to to explore and, and teach people, whatever it is you do, don't try to do it like anyone else. Just do you. You're the single expert out of 7 billion people at what you do. Wear that. Oh my God. I love that. I really, really love that. I yeah, I've, this has been a theme for me this week. And that's such an awesome, awesome, awesome point to make. And I think that we live in a world where, you know, you have social media and, and these other platforms that create this sense of mimicry because that's yeah. what we've been taught, which is huge. Sense. Like, I mean. Look, I'll just say it. I think that women are starting to look too similar to one another, you know, and I've got this massive rebellion in me that's like I refuse to get any work done because I do not want to look like, you know, Angelina Jolie's nose or Kylie Jenner's lips or like, Mm. you know, anyone else's face. I just want to have my face and I want to look in the mirror and see that authentic version of myself, wrinkles and all. But like, I love that. Yeah, I love I'm that. Like, give me some stripes so I can get some respect when I enter the room. People are like, you look like you're 20. I'm not 20. <laughs> but thank you. Look, I'll yeah, yeah. take that. Take that for as long as that um, lasts. That's. But that's but yeah, like, I just I yeah, we live in a world where there is a lot, of, and and you know, there's a difference between mimicking and feeling inspired. I'm just always going to speak into the shadow sometimes, you know, and just notice all yeah. the things that are happening unconsciously. Yeah, I do. But um, yeah, like who are some people that inspired you to to be Sid, or well, not to be Sid, to you're, be you're Sid. Sid, but like, well, I was so inspired by those that were following their own path. So mm. like growing up, you know, I I grew up as a kid as a kid I would do act 
drama classes and I loved acting and I you know then I grew up to be an actor and I would look up to people like Jim Carrey or Robin Williams Mm. people who you know you put you can put these actors in any role but they will make the role theirs and you know it's going to be of a quality because of who they are it's not it there, there was a there was a uniqueness to them and I was super inspired by people who had their kind of unique flavor like someone who was really willing to rock a, you know, you go out and you see someone rocking a fluoro, some a fluoro top, mm. happy to stand out, happy to rock their own, or someone who rocks their own style and their own fashion. That really inspired me. Yeah, it's like the Madonnas and Michael Jackson, yeah. the Usher, like yep. Lady Gaga, these star people who just have their own unique expression and have no... No yeah at all. yeah absolutely oh 100 they don't try to be anyone else mm. and so whole um as a dancer a quote that stuck with me i mean i was never really into ballet but mikhail baryshnikov one of the greatest ba- ballet dancers in the world famously said that he doesn't try to dance better than anyone else he only tries to dance better than himself mm. And the whole mentality behind that was that if you're always comparing yourself to someone else, you're only ever going to be incrementally better than them. Well, that's going to be, that's going to be a goal. As long as I'm a, a touch ahead of them, you know, I'm good. As opposed mm. to going, what's the best I can be? Mm. You know, it may be a completely different criteria that you're comparing, that you want to compare yourself on mm. and find that criteria and then find what that version of yourself looks like and, unleash your full beast like unleash your full being don't be limited by by these other lanes that that people try to put you in oh i was literally thinking that i'm like just stay in your lane yeah you know absolutely stay in your lane and be very uh mindful like i think that discernment is absolutely necessary yeah. Um, when it comes to the inspiration that we seek from others and the the teachers that we sought in our lives like um, you know, you've you've st- you've stood strong in your lane, and you're following this path. Um, and you know, there's some things that you might want to, some skills that you might want to brush up on, and skills that you might want to learn. Discerning who you choose to teach you those skills yes. is very important. Absolutely, and I think that's the other thing that we don't as as kids, you know, you go through school, you go through high school, you go through university, you're in an educational environment. So you, you become a good student. And then as adults, like after you finish university, if you hit your work life and stuff, it's like you, you stop learning, you know, you hit a flow mm-hmm. where you stop learning. And if you, if you don't have a growth mindset, or if you don't kind of, you know, if you don't facilitate that constant learning mentality, it's so easy to, to get stuck in a certain way. And so you want to be you want to be curious all the time. You want to be reaching out to mentors, finding new people, finding leaders, thought leaders, life leaders, coaches, you know, in all facets of your life that you want to you want to grow and change. Because mm. why not? <laughs> yeah, growth is where it's at. Yeah. It's like that's that's the yeah, it's the best feeling when you like edge into the the tip of your comfort zone and you kind of just like take that leap of faith and yep. jump and know that you'll catch yourself. And I know that there'll be people out there who are so comfortable in their comfort zones and don't want growth. And look, that's fine. Like that's fine too. Mm. I, it's not to put a bias 
on one over the other. But if you're in a comfort zone where you're not happy, then I invite anyone in that zone to really question why they're staying in there. Totally agree. That is an awesome spot to leave it at as well. Sweet. <laughs> I would love to ask what what would you like our listeners to know about what's coming up for you? Uh, there's a whole bunch. I mean, for one, connect with me on on all of the platforms I was talking about before. If you want to follow my personal journey or anything I'm doing in the world of entertainment, I'm on Instagram as Sid the Entertainer. Uh, I want you to all have a listen to Talking BS. Jump online. That's uh, on Instagram. It's talking.bs. Uh, we're on Spotify at the moment uh, and we'll be on Apple and it's uh, Talking BS with Brooke and Sid just kind of get get amongst this conversation i'd love like like you said if you if you lay with dogs you're going to get fleas so come jump in with some high quality information some some curious minds and hopefully that'll inspire curiosity amongst yourself jump online if you're if you're around the east coast of australia we've got sam and i are, are going to be touring this event ah, saucy sips for yes. singles yes. so be sure to yeah i'm going to plug that insta that's saucy sips underscore for singles Mm-hmm. on instagram so get amongst mm-hmm. that uh and just i would just invite everyone to question your bs so just seek awareness first thank you so much it's been such a quality <laughs> quality conversation and i look forward to having more chats with you whether on the podcast or in our always in our lives always always thank always you. thank you thank you so much for being who you are Thank you so much for being Sid. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Heaps. Love you too.